Good day, good folks. You are listening to Talk That Keeps You Woke. And with your awakening, we hope that you will take in the information and knowledge we provide. So make sure you like and subscribe while you hop on this ride as we inform, persuade, entertain, and engage in discussion. Welcome to Potlicker Podcast, which is knowledge to feed your soul. I may go one half of Potlicker. I go by Dr. A, the inquisitive one. A great debater, Mr. Slow Talker, a rhetorician, and an all-around nice guy, and a member of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. The other half of Potlicker is my homie, my dear friend for more than 30 years, Ken Parker Jackson Esquire, the legal one, Mrs. Creativity, never obnoxious, the gifted one, a terrific lady, and a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. It's been a while, but we are back. Had to take care of some personal things, but it's good to be back on the air. So I will start off by saying, welcome back, partner. How are you? How was your last couple of weeks? Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to everyone. I am well. My week was good. And how about yours, Dr. Ang? How was your week? Well, (laughs) my past two weeks. Um, as y'all know, um, if y'all listened to, I think it was the last podcast, we buried our father who was uh, 81 years old in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, we did that August 28th, I believe it was. No, it wasn't August 28th. It was the week before, August 21st. Yes, August 21st, we did that. Yes. Uh, it was a great home going. Uh, my sister did a good job eulogi- eulogizing uh, my dad. And it was it's always good to see family, especially when you haven't seen them in a long time. So with that, you know, everything is good. Um, rest in peace to Sonny. Yeah, rest in peace to Sonny. And, you know, it is well with my soul, as I said before. And if you're listening to us for the first time, we start. I'll show off with a wow. Yes, and our wow for the week comes from the great Zora Neale Hurston. Love makes your soul crawl out from its hiding place. Now, this is a difficult one, maybe for men. Um, Love makes your soul, I guess my soul and crawl out from two or three hiding places uh, during my time uh, with uh, women I have been in relations with. Um, I just think it makes you open up more and share more. And you make yourself, love is about making yourself more vulnerable. You know, um, it's putting yourself out there. So, and you're not holding anything back. And as men, you know, sometimes we have problems and issues doing that. Um, Some women have it too, but you know, if we're stereotyping, they say women are more emotional than men, even though I know a lot of emotional guys out there. Um, So it's, it's something to definitely think about. What say you partner? I agree. And I would just add that this is just a testament to her brilliance as a a writer, because this is a beautiful description 
of love. And I think that love does have a way of opening your soul up and you just become more vulnerable and you can be your full self around people who love you because love gives, gives you a certain sense of security and love just makes you feel comfortable with being your full self because love covers a multitude of sins. Mm. I didn't know you were going there with that. <laughs> Covering up the sins. Yeah, because um. you see the you see the good in people instead of the flaws, because we all have flaws. But if you love someone, you will overlook those flaws and you will just embrace their redeeming qualities don't you agree yeah i think love makes you hang in there and makes you accept more um faults um and flaws like you say definitely that we all have indeed we all have that yes um uh sometimes when you're not in love, you are guarded. And I think uh, love helps you unlock your guarded self and yes. get someone else access into inside the deeper you. And you, you're you trusting that individual to be um, careful with those emotions or feelings you may have. Yes. So, um, that's, that's what I feel on that. So yes, uh, our wow, which is words of wisdom for the week is love makes your soul crawl out from its hiding place. And that's by the great writer, uh, Zora Neale Hurston. And let us move on. Okay, so before we get to what's going on, we will have our first plug of the week. So today I want to talk about something that we like here in the Jackson household, and that is the old reliable do-rag. Now, those of us in the Black community, we are very uh, familiar with the do-rag. This has become, you know, it's a functional product, but it's also has become a fashion statement. And now I bought this for my son. Um, He uh, is trying to grow his hair out and he's been wearing twists and I've twisted his hair, braided his hair. And he also plays sports. So he wears this do-rag to sort of keep his twists in place, you know, keep his hair from getting messed up from wearing a helmet or a baseball cap or, you know, whatever sport he's playing at the time. And this particular one, I just got this from a beauty supply store and the brand is Red by Kiss. And this particular do-rag has a a picture of Bow Wow on it, modeling this do-rag. And so they're calling this the Bow Wow Power Wave Tie-Dye fashion do-rag and you can see the the tie-dye print it's blue and white 
which is um, our son Justin's uh, school colors, really blue and gray, but there's white in there too. And there you have it, a do-rag. Okay. Get your Let us move on. Oh, what's going on? Yes, so this happened a couple of weeks ago, I believe. Um, the well, last weekend actually. It happened on Saturday, August the twenty sixth. So yes, that's last week. Mm -hmm. uh, the Jacksonville shooters. Let's talk about that before we get into the victims. Um, let's talk about the shooting and what occurred. So on Saturday, August 26, a white man fatally shot three people inside a Jacksonville, Florida Dollar General store in a predominantly black neighborhood in an attack that the local sheriff, T.K. Waters, called racially motivated. He hated black people. There is absolutely no evidence, however, that the shooter is a part of any larger group. Um, so he was a lone wolf. And after this attack, after he killed these three people, he then killed himself. So yeah, water, the, the sheriff Waters said that the shooter who was in his twenties used a Glock handgun and an AR 15 semi-automatic rifle with at least one of the firearms painted with a swastika. He left behind writings that led investigators to believe that he committed the shooting because it was the fifth anniversary of when another gunman opened fire during a video game tournament in Jacksonville, killing two people before fatally shooting himself. The shooting happened just before 2 p.m. at a Dollar General near Edward Waters University, a small historically black university. The shooter had driven there from neighboring Clay County. Shortly before the attack, the shooter had sent his father a text message telling him to check his computer. The father found writings and the family notified 911, but the shooting had already begun. Where'd you read that from, partner? From the newspaper article. I don't... You don't know what newspaper? Okay, so... Um... The thing that struck me. Do you want the name of the newspaper article? If, if you can get it, just to yeah, get I can get it. it. Go ahead. Uh, the thing that struck me was um, the fact that he went to Edward Waters University. Now, it's a small black college. It's only about a thousand students, but that to me was dangerous. Even uh, Governor DeSantis said that he would. Um, open up the budget so they could have more security on campus because that's a tragic happening. I teach at a historically uh, black university in Houston, Texas. Those that follow the show know this. And that is a place where you see black bodies walking around. And um, it's not like security is or cops are all over the place. There are cops that are present, but anybody can walk onto university. They're not gates that, that are locked up that you only come through one or one way. So to me, when I heard about that, I'm glad that the students 
notified security. And I'm glad that security um, approached this gentleman and led him away from the campus. Um, it's sad what happened to the three victims. And uh, they are Anult, AJ, I think it's Ligure Jr., 19 years old, Gerald Deshaun Galleon, who is 29, and Angela Michelle Carr, who is 52. I think she was sitting in her car and um, he opened up and shot her. It's racially motivated and, you know, you want to take your life afterward. I do believe it's cowardly. Um, it's horrible that folks are dealing with this mental illness and some people say it's just evil. I would like to say when you're going out and targeting it, I think if you have evil inside of you, it is a mental illness. Um, I'm not excusing this young man. Um, what I say doesn't sound great, but when you want to go kill multiple people in yourself, start with yourself. You know, these three young, beautiful faces woke up, you know, in the morning going about their day and they didn't expect to lose their life uh, because somebody hated um, the culture and the color and the race of these individuals. Indeed. And I would just add that I don't think that this is a coincidence. It's not a coincidence that that um, that this these types of events are happening, especially when you have in Florida specifically, but throughout other states in our in our country as well. You have all of this anti-black legislation coupled with resistance by legislators to enact reasonable gun legislation, which you know I'm a proponent of that. And we're going to continue to have these mass shootings like this because of the lack of sensible gun legislation in our states. I think that we need gun legislation to ban, first of all, assault weapons, which he had, um, and also to just limit access to guns and keep the guns out of the hands of people with these I agree with you, mental illnesses, where they would do such a heinous act. Um, and, you know, this is this is the reason why the NAACP issued a travel warning for Blacks, urging Black people to reconsider traveling to Florida, because Florida is just flat out hostile towards Black people. Ron DeSantis and his administration have, have stoked the flames of racism with all of the DEI legislation and the anti-African-American history policies. And they basically, again, created this environment that leads to these types of racist attacks against innocent Black people. The sheriff himself said that this guy just flat out just hated Black people for no reason. And I always say that with all of the things in our history that have been done against uh, Black people, starting with enslavement in this country, we of all people are would be justified in hating all white people. But even we have enough sense to know that that is just unreasonable to hate a 
uh, an entire race of people and you don't and you know what i mean just and you don't know them so he didn't know these people right but he hates black people so much that he would just kill random black people that is irrational that's, I, that's I with every word you said so let me just say what what the um the NAACP travel warning said, it said, Florida is openly hostile towards African-Americans, people of color, and LGBTQ plus individuals. Before traveling to Florida, please understand that the state of Florida devalues and marginalizes the contributions of and the challenges faced by African-Americans and other communities of color. And this is why I would not go to Florida right now. As much as I would love to be on a sunny, beautiful white sand beach in Florida, and as much as I would love to go to Disney World, I would not give Florida a penny of my money if I don't have to. And I also have, we, we have a daughter that's about to go off to college. I would discourage her from going to any college in Florida I would love her to go to FAMU. I just don't trust Florida. That's just me. Well said. And let us move on. All right. From one racial situation to another, it seems that Kari Sellers went off on Republican candidate Vivek. I can't pronounce his last Vivek Ramaswamy. Ramaswamy. Yes, he's uh, Indian American. Right. So let's listen to what was said, if we can. Hoping everybody hears this. Let me turn up my mic. I can listen to something that Vivek Ramaswamy said on the campaign trail earlier this afternoon about Democratic Congresswoman uh, Diana Presley. Listen to this. Diana Presley, she's in the Congress today. She's a member of the squad. Her words, not mine. We don't want any more black faces that don't want to be a black voice. We don't want any more brown faces that don't want to be a brown voice. These are the words of the modern grand wizards of the modern KKK. What's your reaction to that, Bakari? Ramaswamy's kind of idiotic when he says that. And this is why <clears throat> his campaign has caught fire amongst uh, some, some fringes on the right, because he uses these kind of slogans, he uses these tag words. But again, he has no depth. I mean, Ayanna Presley doesn't need me to explain what she was saying. But if you were going to be someone who represents minorities in this country, if you're going to be a voice and represent them on the largest platform in the world, then you must actually speak truth to power about those issues that directly affect them. That's what Representative Presley is saying, that you have to be true to yourself, that you have to be uplifting of your community, and you cannot act like the ills that affect black and brown people don't affect you. And, and for him to call her all types of names, 
um, is just beneath the dignity of, of this type of civil discourse. Race is a very, very difficult issue for this country to grapple with. Ramaswamy in that comment showed that he's unable or unwilling or simply doesn't have the intellect necessary to tackle that issue of race uh, by those comments he made. And, and quickly. So those were the comments that uh, Sellers made on VVAC. Um, what are your thoughts? I agree wholeheartedly with what uh, Bakari Sellers said about him. I think Vivek Ramaswamy is just really a media whore. I think he says and does whatever he needs to do to garner attention in this crowded field of Republican candidates for, pre for the president. Um, I think he's, he's either vying to be the purported front runner, Trump's uh, vice president, or he's just trying to get attention with these outrageous statements and outrageous policies that he's proposing. For example, the one that um, raises the voting age to 25 years old. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And, you know, he tried to say something smart and do the, you know, get a one-liner during the Republican um, debate that they, they recently had. Um, which line was that? You said which what? What line was that? I, I watched the debate. Um, what if did you he recall. Um, he, he said, first of all, he, he copied off of Barack Obama and said he was a skinny man with a funny name. Remember that when he said that? I'm just a skinny kid with a funny name. Barack Obama said that years ago before he even ran for president. He said it at a Democratic National Convention. And it was something that people remembered and he stole it. Okay. Just like Melania stole Michelle's line yeah. of, you know. Um, and, and so he does those, those kinds of things. And then, of course, people talked about it. And this just gets him attention, gets people talking about him. And then he was also recently in the news when a, an old video clip resurfaced of him asking then uh, presidential candidate Al Sharpton a question about his um, uh, inexperience <laughs> as a as a political candidate. And he was recently he was accused during the debate of being an inexperienced political candidate. And that's that's what people attacked him for is having very little political experience, which he does have. He's a businessman. I mean, he's made millions of dollars in the tech field, um, but he doesn't have any political experience. So he's just using, I think, um, these kinds of, um, he's just taking these opportunities to get sound bites and just garner attention. He has a snowball's chance in hell of being the nominee. But I mean, this, this these kinds of stunts do get him news coverage. And he just totally flipped Ayanna Presley's, uh, to totally flipped her language. And he knows this man is smart. He knows what she meant, but he's trying to, and just, you know, be provocative by saying um, 
she's the grand, you know, grand. I think he took it too far with that part. Right. Um, but I, I, I first, uh, my comments on him after watching his first debate and seeing some interviews by him. I'm a communication professor. Um, mm -hmm. Not trying to throw away my expertise, but uh, how you come across is important. It may be because of Donald Trump, he diminished the role of the president or the characteristics or the, the, the dignity that that office holds. He comes across, and this is Vivek, he, you know, a uh, presidential candidate. He comes across as arrogant and very smug. He mm -hmm. also doesn't respect his elders. And maybe in this country, we got away from that. Maybe people listening to my voice right now says, who cares? Why should we have to give reverence to them? That's what we've always done. Um, I think you respect wisdom, uh, you know, age, um, but he comes across very arrogant. And he might say, it's just confident. There's a way you can come across confident and humble. Um, but it seems like he doesn't care about that. I think he is trying to garner attention and it's, it's, it's working. Now, let me say what he said. I think when you throw in the KKK and the Grand Wizard, you lost points on something you probably could have gained points on. If he would have simply said, why that I'm brown, that I only have to talk about brown issues? And why, if I'm an African-American, I only have to talk about black issues? That would have came across a lot better because that would have pushed Presley back because she would have had to respond to, to that. Um, and if he said, this is the problem of the country, we only think about ourselves. Now, you can justify the I and the Presley with, you know, the denigration and, you know, people going to get mad when I say this, the uh, oppression, uh, the microaggressions that black and brown people face every day, women face every day, LBGTQ, uh, you know, face every day and, you know, marginalized groups face every day. Um that it, it goes on, some things that we have to deal with. But to me, you're trying to score points with people you believe are your constituents or are Trump's constituents. And that may play a role with you becoming a trumpeteer, you know. Um, so... I think he started off right. With, with, let me say this. He started off with a decent statement, but it, it turned sour at the end. Yeah, but it wouldn't have the same effect if he had done what, what you suggested that he should have done. It would have I had mean, more of an impact against Presley because once you go hate, once you go into the KKK and the Grand Wizard, Nobody's paying attention to to your statement. He well, it's yeah. outrageous, though. You have to make outrageous statements to get the attention. You see what I'm saying? No, and I don't. I don't agree with that. You're making outrageous statements to get attention. I do agree with that, but you That's don't have to make outrageous statements to get attention. You can make factual statements and be strong in your conviction and get attention. 
Because people are going to look at him as like, these are outrageous statements. People are going to look at someone, he's factual, she's factual, right? And they're going to get my attention. They're going to get your attention, right? Um, the hate mongers, he'll grab their attention. The To me, the less educated and the more ignorant and the more, I guess in his situation, like, I don't want to say white nationalists, but folks like that. The Trumpers? Yeah, they'll hang on to that. But the Trumpers might actually be offended because, believe it or not, I believe they wear these monikers like KKK and things of that nature. They wear that with pride. They may have actually been offended that he, they, they may have been offended that he attached that moniker to Ayanna Presley, a black woman. Like, don't give her our, you know what I mean? Like, they, they it's a badge, a badge of uh, honor, almost, for the Trumpers. That's why they wave the Confederate flag. And then you're going to give that moniker to this black woman? They may have been offended. It might backfire for all I know. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, I agree. Yeah. It, 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 it might have Vivek is just trying to get attention boy bye and let us move on okay this is big news now it's a part of the discussion what Scott married That's, that is news to me uh so Tim Scott is a bachelor um, and he is a GOP candidate for the president of the United States. Uh, we talked a lot about Tim Scott on our podcast before, but this is interesting. So the first, I guess, question I can throw out there is why do you need to be married to be president of the United States? I don't think it's a necessity i just think it's a matter of appearance i think when you're running for president appearance matters and as the president you're representing the country around the world and i think republicans in particular prefer to project an image of america as having conservative values with a family comprised of a heterosexual couple with children. I mean, it's just something that we've always had. Americans have elected only two bachelors to the presidency in 234 years, James Buchanan in 1856 and Grover Cleveland in 1884. Okay, so I'm sorry for cutting you off. I don't want to just put this on Republicans. Democrats feel the same way. Well, you know, I just Democrats said Republicans are... in particular because of the whole evangelical Christian thing. You know, that's a, a that's an evangelical Christian value, you know, to be married and not to be. Because, I mean, I think the implication is that if you're a single man, then you are you, you are possibly fornicating. And then that's contrary to the evangelical Christian you know what I mean? Values and things of that nature. So that's why I said, you know, Republicans in particular, but you're right. I think just in general, as Americans, 
that's what what people want to see. Does like it I matter said, to you? You no, and, and no, and I started out by saying I don't think it's a necessity. I mean, first of all, the law is is just you just have to be a 35 year old person. You just have yeah. to be 35. It mm-hmm. doesn't have any other requirements except for that. So I don't think it's a necessity at all. But I do. I mean, you have to admit we all liked seeing just the picture of Barack Obama and Michelle Obama and the two girls and the dog and the, we like looking at that. And well, we well, are, when you say we like, why are you just pointing them out? Is it, is, did we not like the rest of the families? <laughs> like Bill and Hillary? No, but and that was a way of me including black people in this whole conversation. Because before I was just talking about Americans in general. Now that was my way of including Black people as well. I mean, yes, we like to see the families. I think Black people like to see the families too. I mean, I think we both agree that Black people in general are for the most part conservative. That's the whole dilemma with this whole Republican. On religious issues, I would say. It depends on the issue, yes. but No, I would say particularly on religious issues, we are conservative. Well, not all Black people are religious. No. No, not all Black people are religious, but I think Black people, when they're conservative, is based on like religious issues. So a lot of conservatives down here that speak out against black people speak out against abortion too. Um, They're not saying abortion is a good thing. And I don't want to go down the line with that. But, you know, a lot of black people also say that, oh, you know, women should have the right to choose. Okay. Um, But let's, okay. Let's, let's talk about the research. So it says a 2019 Pew Research Center survey of 9,834 respondents showed that about half of Americans think marriage is important, but not essential for living a fulfilling life. Only about one in six people think marriage is essential. The same survey also showed that greater numbers of Americans place value on being in a committed romantic relationship. One in four adults said a committed romantic relationship was essential to living a fulfilled life. In addition, older Americans who vote in much greater numbers than younger people placed more value on marriage and committed romantic relationships. So uh, one woman who wrote um, a book called Jesus and John Wayne, she says there are expectations for politicians to be married with children is best. To be married is good, but to be married with children is best. For African-American men, especially those trying to appeal to a conservative white base, this may be even more important. So she's suggesting that it's more important. It's even more important for Tim Scott in particular to be married with children in order to appeal to this, you know. um, Right. I just think that because of the the stereotypical black male with the hypersexuality. Yeah, exactly. So they bring that upon. I just think, I think it's better for a candidate because in the United States, you have a lot of family issues. And if you don't have the experience of 
being a father and a husband, um, even though you probably can speak intelligently about both because you, you, you saw a husband in the house if you grew up with a father and you were a child um, and now you're older. But I'm just saying the look, like you said, it's like, okay. Right. And now if he goes to get one, you know, it seems like this was like forced. Right. Okay. So this is what he said about it. Is it really love? Scott has said he regrets the way a political career has crowded out space for relationships, but he has never publicly dated during his time in office. I think in the right time, I will meet Mrs. Wright and she'll want to have a couple of kids. That's what he said. Mm, what you think so, about that? Well, I mean, I'm not convinced. I mean, that he is even heterosexual. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he's homosexual. And that's why? okay. But I think... Why, 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 why that? Uh, women go to that a lot. Why not? I mean, could why? He be, could he be asexual? He could be. Yeah. But so why I homosexual? That he would try to. No, I'm just saying. I just think that that could be why he never felt the. Um, that he never felt comfortable making his dating life public. So that leads you to believe that. Yeah. Well, either that or um, that he's trying to minimize that aspect of his life. Um, he just doesn't, he wants to sort of not bring attention to it because he knows that not being married with a family is really a detriment to his campaign. He knows that? I think he does, and he wants to minimize that. So, you know, therefore, keep your whole dating life, period, out of the public eye, I think is his um, his goal. But what was the gentleman's name from Indiana uh, who ran in 2020 against Biden, who was homosexual? Um, Pete Buttigieg? Buttigieg, yeah. He yeah. was... He already came. He's out. now the transportation secretary. I yeah. Think. So does I that mean, matter? Well, he was not successful, so <laughs> that doesn't bode well for the idea that you can be successful as a presidential candidate and be single. I mean, I think just people just want to see that stability. They want to see, I mean, it's also a sign of maturity as a man to, um, or as a person to be in a committed marital relationship. It's just, you know, we don't want our president to be distracted by relationship issues and dating. I mean, even though you can have relationship issues in a marriage, still, we just want we want to be projected across the world as a country that espouses the values of family and marriage. And this country was built for white, um, for white men and families. 
But black folks have always been family oriented, even before we came here as slaves. Yes, we know that. They, we had our families broken up and separated. And we still hung together. Right. Right. And we still went along with, you know, family. So Tim Scott ain't just breaking evangel. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, give me evangel- the word. Uh, evangelical Christian. Christians. Yeah. You know, black churches. Even you, 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 you attend the black church. You just said, you know, why he not married? You questioning that? And he was like. He I'm might be homosexual. You said you 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 said you ain't even sure of his heterosexuality. I I just said I wouldn't be surprised if he's homosexual. W- w- I mean, it's the you, same thing with um Senator you, Cory so Booker. Be, so remember when be, Senator Cory Booker was running for president? Yeah, but why why are people why do people say that when someone's not married? I'm not married, and I have no kids. I know, but you're in a committed relationship with a woman. Right. So if you're not in a committed relationship with the woman, you must be gay. <laughs> mm, that's what people are going to suspect. Okay. Okay. That's I a... wouldn't necessarily draw that conclusion, but that's okay. what people will suspect. Okay. Okay. The bottom line is the appearance matters to voters. That's really the bottom line. And Tim Scott's uh, singleness is going to be a challenge for Republican primary voters who tend to view marriage as a key ingredient in a fulfilling and healthy, stable life. That's the bottom line. I mean, there's some great lines he can state why he's not married. You can look at the institution of marriage. And he's 57 years old, by the way. Okay. See, look look how fervently you said that. I'm just saying that's an issue. Your tonality suggests like, Negro, why aren't you married? That's what it suggests. No. That's how I read it, even if you don't believe. I, I firmly believe that people can be happy in any state. Mm. Married or single or whatever you choose to do. You have to find your own happiness. And marriage is not a requirement for so happiness. So there goes right there. He says, I'm happy with my... But what I, I know, but what I'm saying to you, it is not a requirement to run for president either. No, but it is You're isn't. choosing to do that. And if you're choosing to do that, yeah. this is a hurdle that you are going to have to clear. I don't think it's a hard hurdle. Okay. I don't think it's a hard hurdle because I think this question is like a lot of marriages end in divorce. It's I just like Dante or Dr. I know, but you cut me off. Okay, go a ahead. Lot of, go I'm ahead. saying yeah, a lot of marriages end in divorce. True. Right. Um, I see that I can't dedicate the time that I want to to a family when I'm in office. And so I can put more work into my job and not be uh held back because I have other responsibilities as a father or in a, and a husband, you know, and I believe that. So he can say those things. What are people going to say then? Like, are you, do you have relations? See, they trying to get up all in his bedroom. No, but it's, it, it really is about, for example, when you apply to college, you can estimate your chances of being admitted to a certain college 
based on the data and the average SAT score, the average GPA that the students who get accepted have. It's the same thing here. Most of the presidents in history, 234 years, have been married. You don't meet that qualification. So your chances of being nominated based on that data are slim. That's just really the bottom line. I don't, it's not, it's not about slim because I'm going to tell you why, right? Is that correct what I just said? No. Okay, why not? Because there (laughs) haven't been a lot of single men running for president. How do you know? Well, not in my lifetime. I don't know. All, I don't uh, uh, over 234 years. I ain't I talking about way back in 18. I'm well, just that's saying, what I'm saying. I said my like, lifetime, 1969 to present. Well, that's not a big enough sample size. It's a big enough sample size? What are you talking about? It's not a big enough sample size. I, I just gave you 234 Nixon, years of history. Nixon, Nixon, Ford, Carter, Reagan, Reagan, uh, Clinton, no, Reagan, Reagan, Bush, Clinton, Clinton, Bush, Bush, Obama, Obama, Trump, Biden. That's 24 presidents. That's a large enough sample size. Come on now. Okay, and none of them ran against single people. No. Because they had enough sense to know that if you're single, you're probably not going to have a good chance of winning. We don't know that. That's why I know single people ran against them. No, we don't know that. They got married. Profile, and people that's like why to get married. Like people, to get married. the profile. I don't right. see well, it happening. Just like you, you don't see very. It's a, it's, it's a big question now. So let's see if it's going. Being to a happen. woman is also a major hurdle because we haven't had any female residents. It's the same thing. It's we not have hard. a vice president, though. That's just the way it goes. Yeah. yeah, but but a vice president does not run. A vice president, yeah, they're part of the ticket. The ticket. They, they, I know, but she did not campaign they, to be a vice president. What she was selected by Biden to selected, be on the ticket. Yeah, but you, the, the ticket can, you know, you can have a bad VP. I know they say it's the top of the ticket that only matters, but I'm not. We we're not gonna get into that much more. Um, yeah. Let us move on. Seems like Juliana Giuliani, former mayor of New York City, is in hot water. And you talking about a fall from grace. This is something else right here. I used to follow him around as a field producer for WCBS television in New York when he was the mayor of New York. And now he done lost his mind, in my opinion. So the defamation lawsuits from Miss, I think Moss and Freeman, right? Right. Um, on Wednesday, August 30th, 2023, a federal judge sided with two former election workers from Georgia who filed a lawsuit against Rudy Giuliani, alleging he defamed them by falsely claiming they engaged in in an election fraud scheme during the 2020 presidential election. Their names are Ruby Freeman and Wandrea Arshay Moss. They are mother and daughter. 
and the two served as election workers in Fulton County, Georgia in the last presidential election and assisted with the vote counting process at Atlanta's State Farm Arena. They filed a lawsuit December 2021 alleging he orchestrated and he orchestrated a sustained smear campaign against them that made them the object of vitriol, threats, and harassment mm-hmm. by pushing a far-right conspiracy theory linking the workers to fraud. Giuliani falsely claimed that Freeman and Morse had been caught on camera trying to rig the 2020 election, including by surreptitiously serot- serot- passing <laughs> around USB ports as if they their vials of heroin or cocaine. Yeah, that was crazy. <clears throat> they were actually passing a far less uh, incriminating ginger mint. <laughs> the Georgia Secretary of State Office has found following an investigation that the claims against the election workers were false and unsubstantiated. The defamation lawsuit is one of several Giuliani faces for his role in trying to overturn the 2020 election as the Trump campaign's lead attorney, including lawsuits from voting machine companies, uh, Dominion Voting Systems, and Smartmatic. He also has a law license suspended and faces possible disbarment for his post-election activities. Giuliani... um, you know, there are rumors that he has, he's an alcoholic now. And mm-hmm. this is what's causing him to fall, his fall from grace. Um, because he was one of the noted people around 9-11. Also, he's known for stopping crack cocaine in, in New York. And uh, the mob, breaking up mob families. Um but this is they're saying that was the uh, the irony in these new charges yeah um he's gotten caught up in this rico um act and he was the one who sort of uh what's the word i want made it popular i guess or made rico popular because i think he um uh prosecuted um the, these mob bosses under under the RICO Act. Yeah. And now it has come back to bite him in the bottom. Yeah. But he popularized it. So I say that's exactly what you get. I, I mean, it you, you almost feel sorry for him because he's just pathetic. When yeah. you think about him with that hair dye, like yeah. running down his face. I mean, he's just, his fall from grace has been so hard and just so far, he's fallen so far from up on this pedestal that he once held um, with all of these shenanigans that he has allowed himself to um, become involved in. And he's just devolved into just this pathetic place. He's just, it's abysmal what's happening to him. He's just fallen into a sunken place. And you know, you almost feel sorry for him, but then I'm like, nope, that's exactly what you get. Because what they did was just so egregious to basically just just flat out lie and make up stories about 
election fraud and then causing this poor um, woman and her daughter to be subjected to this abuse and this basically terrorism, the way they were terrorized by people. I don't, because of all of that, I don't feel sorry for him. And he get, I hope he gets exactly what he deserves. Um, I hope he is convicted and he goes to jail for the fraud that he committed in Georgia. I hope he has to pay these women their money and he should be indeed disbarred for bringing these frivolous lawsuits. Amen. And let us move on. Okay, so today I want to talk about a brand that I really like. Um, I want to talk about Michael Kors. I did not realize how much I actually liked Michael Kors stuff. Um when I looked in my closet, I realized that I actually have Michael Kors jewelry. I have Michael Kors shoes, Michael Kors clothes and other accessories. And I'm just going to share a few of the items that I like. Um, this is a bracelet that I was given by my children for Mother's Day. It's a Michael Kors bracelet. And it has the logo on here and it's um, gold tone and it's, it's a very fun bracelet that I wear sometimes. And then this is a pair of shoes with the Michael Kors insignia. These are actually very comfortable. It's a very sensible heel, about three inches. You can wear these at work with a skirt, dress, pants, um, but they're actually very comfortable. Um, I also have a pair of flats that I like. These are black, but I have um, a couple different colors. It has the Michael Kors um, logo on the toe. And these are actually very comfortable um, with a rubber outsole. Um, and these are leather. This is the black pair with the silver um, logo on the toe. And then I just recently got picked up this pair of boots. Very cool. It's like a sort of, um, this is, this color is called luggage, but it's like a sort of tan color, if you will. It's a lace, lace up booty with a lug sole and this really cool gold heel. Um, and it's lace, but it actually has this zipper on the side that makes makes it easy to put these on and take these off. This is a very rich color leather, which I like. And then I got that these shoes, these uh, boots to match a leather jacket, a motorcycle jacket that I have that's a Michael Kors jacket. Very cool. So this is going to be cute together. Look, they match perfect. They match perfectly. Mm -hmm. And then I also have 
a Michael Kors belt with the logo on the front and then the signature on the actual leather part of the belt, but I don't think this is actually leather. Might be. Um, and then I also have a purple dress that is a Michael Kors dress. And this is pretty much uh, classic Michael Kors with this like crisscross um, design in the front of the dress. He has this on a lot of his uh, tops and dresses for women. And then I have a couple of Michael Kors bags. This one is a crossbody bag um, with the insignia and uh, the signature fabric on the bag. Um, this is a smaller bag that you can wear. And this is like a vanilla color. And then I have another handbag. This is... Um, you can also wear this across you can also wear this across your body but i like this bag because it has the the metal hardware design on the front the little metal studs and also the signature print this is would look really cute with these shoes right but yeah, i you already wore no but i try not to do like overdo like signature prints and stuff like that I think you should wear like maybe one one signature print, maybe two, but you know you don't want to over overdo that signature print. I think like the belt and the shoes and the bag and the you know you don't want to overdo it. But yeah, so I realized I actually I guess I'm a Michael Kors fan, but for me it's not really about labels. Like I normally don't buy like a lot of designer items, but I actually just like the 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 design of the, whether it's the shoe or the bag or the, or the clothes. I just like the, the, the fit and the style of these items. So it's not about just the, the, the name, if that makes sense. Yes. You have a lot of Michael Kors. So that is our uh, brand for the week. Let us move on. Okay, so we do have a new segment right now. It's called the scenario. Um and this is when we look at a question. Usually these are loving relationship questions. Um, and we talk about them. So. Yes. So, yeah, this is coming from this little book of questions. The book of questions, love and sex. And question number 22. Is it 22 this, or 222? What did I say? Oh, 222. Here's the scenario. While you and your spouse are vacationing overseas, you meet a friendly, wealthy couple at your hotel and have dinner with them. That evening, when your spouse goes to the restroom, 
They politely offer you $50,000 in cash if you both will join them for a one-night sexual orgy. How would you reply? Would you discuss their proposition with your spouse? What say you, Dr. A? Well, this is difficult because you're like putting your business out there on front street. Actually, because we're being asked the question. Right. Um, so I don't know. It it just would depend probably on the age of the couple. Um, that would play a role. Now, I'm saying agent? this without asking my, my partner. Um, uh, yes, I'm worried about safety. And I will be worried about safe sex. Um, I do have uh, Christian morals, but I'm not going to say I'm not tempted. Amen. Um, and I would try to fight against that. But this is just for the sake of the question. Mm -hmm. Probably. Um, yeah, probably to me, it would depend. If they're too young, no. If they're too old, no. And dare I say, the nationality means a lot to me. So they would have to really hit a comfort zone for me to uh, say yes, as Marsha Ambrose, Ambrosia would say. All you have All to gotta do. do is say yes. <laughs> 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 no, but so what's too young and what's too old? I don't know. I'm older now, so probably anything below 40. Um, Why does that matter if they're and, adults? And anything over 60? I don't know. Okay. That's if, I, if, if I don't know, then I don't know. But if you look a certain way, then it's different. Like, oh, man, you look 27. They're like, oh, no, we're 43. So that's really the bottom line is how they look and whether you're attracted to them. No, age would mean something because if they look very attractive and they're 27 years old, I'm like, I don't know. I don't think so. So what is, what is behind that though? That's what I'm trying to get at. Like, why? I don't know. Because they're adults. I haven't, I haven't been out in the world in a long time. So I don't know what the younger generation does. I would think somebody closer to my age would be more compatible with, uh, oh, sexually. And then, and then okay. a thing about it, the fact that they're asking, they have to be some freaks anyway. So, Okay, but you don't want, so you, you're saying you want a limitation to the freakiness of it. You don't want to I don't know, 27 years old, 27 years old doing that. They're coming up to me with that energy. Uh, I don't know. You know 20, that's half my age. It's like a daughter. Okay. You know. Okay, so the first part of the question is how would you respond to the to the question or the proposition? You're saying you would it did it just depend. You would say yes if it I was wouldn't the right be, age Yeah, I right wouldn't age. be rude to them and be like, get the F out of here with that. Oh, you know, in the room I, I'm not gonna say that. That's not me. Um but Yes, I would definitely tell my partner that it happened. Um, and 
you know, I, I don't know. I would probably, a convenient thing to say is like, well, we, we have to think about it. I got to run it by her. That's okay. That's to get out of it, really. And then you would, so when you go tell her what happened, she could talk you into it. She could be like, well, let's do it. And you I mean, it just, it, again, it still depends on the age. It, it would. Okay. It, it would. And we know that you would make sure the check clears first to make sure the money is actually in your account. It wouldn't be a money thing to me, really. Okay. But so it, you don't need that's not the, I mean, I could use the 50000 but it wouldn't be a money <laughs> thing to me. Right. Okay. Well, I would have probably say no. Forgive me, y'all. <laughs> Forgive you for what? Just put my business out there like that. I'm trying to be open because it's our podcast. You know? Right. I mean, I'm, and I'm being open too. I would probably say no thank you. And the money is not really that big of a motivating factor to me. Um, I just, that's just not something that I'm interested in doing. I mean, I'm very clear about... Not, and I don't think people are gonna. I, I'm. I, I probably shouldn't open myself up to this to this but, criticism. I mean, it's the question that we we chose. Why did we? Right. Think it? But we I was about to take it some. I was about to take it someplace else. I'm gonna keep it focused on this scenario because I was about to just say like a threesome in general, or just bringing people into your relationship. I'm. That's just something that I am opposed to, just in general. Okay. So I was saying probably no thank you. I'm very flattered that you would, you know, proposition me. I mean, thank you. I would take that as a compliment because it could it I, could be they they like your husband better. Possibly, but I take that as a compliment too because you know, we're a couple, we're one, so you know. And I would definitely probably tell my husband that it happened when he came back from the bathroom. I'd be like, you ain't going to believe what they just would you, would you Would you wouldn't tell them in front of them, right? Right. They might ask, though. They said, well, we just asked your wife this. Uh-huh. And then, okay. I'm like, all right, well, y'all asking her now. Yeah, I ain't giving me a chance to you know, <laughs> ask her. Right. And I, and I did ask Ryan what he thinks, and he said, he would obviously, he said he would say no too, not interested. And he would tell me that they did it. Yeah. That they, that they propositioned him. So yeah, we're together on that. We, we're like, no, mm -mm, we listen, we got this. Okay. We don't need no outside help. <laughs> we don't need, mm -mm, we got enough excitement. Thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> Next. And then you know what? Depending on the amount of money, that would actually just raise my suspicion. You'd be like, hmm. Even if it was like indecent proposal, like the movie, if it was a million dollars, I'd be like, why would they want to give us a million dollars? I feel like I'm about to be set up. Like they just want to get us alone in a room and strangle us or something. Mm -mm, no, thank you. <laughs> well, let's take that out of the equation. Like, okay. You know, everything is safe. Everything is safe. Everything is cool. Depending on the amount of money, I would be like, wow. Like, say, like, and if, if, say like if it was a, a, somebody from Saudi Arabia, and you know that like they're like stupid, they got more money than God. Like, yeah, but see, stupid. that just, I, I'm just and saying, they can, like, and, yeah, they that would turn me off, right? 
I I I know. Yeah, you gotta have black. Yeah. It's just what I'm familiar with. That's right. all. You know. But just, if it's if for me, if it was gonna be just about the money, though, like they legit could cut you a check for five million dollars. You ain't I couldn't. Do it. If they if if they black, yeah. Wow, that's deep. So for you, race is that important? That's what I grew up with and what I grew around. And also, let me say something. Also, when I went to high school, other races were off limits. So that could be trauma I'm facing. Okay, by off limits, what what you you couldn't date? Couldn't date. What, What would happen if you did? It wouldn't happen. It would cause a controversy in a town like it did when two people that started dating in school. What were their race? Black. What were their races? Black, black and white. white girl who was Jewish. Oh, wow. And like he got threats and stuff? No, I don't think he got any threats, but it was just talked about throughout the high school. It's different now at the high school, though. What was the name? Remember that movie? With the black girl, she was so pretty, and the white and the white guy with the white kid. Oh, oh Bronx Tale. Bronx Tale. That's what it sounds like because it was jail, like a though. big deal in real life. Yeah, in real life. Oh wow, that's what that was. That's what that reminded me of when you said that. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was taboo. Yeah, it was. It was. So that puts a wrap on the scenario. Yo, here we go, yo. So what, so what, so what's the scenario? Here we go, yo. Here we go, yo. So what, so what, so what's the scenario? Well, I gotta learn to get out of that a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Make a smooth transition. Yeah. Let us move on. I need some good advice. Tell me I'm wrong or right. There's a choice to make. Please help decide my fate. You need to think it through. Give me your point of view. This is bothering me. You got a remedy? I'm feeling sad and blue. What you think I should do? What you think I should do? What you think I should do? <laughs> hey, I, I might need to do a little remix on that joint right there, but this is uh, another another uh, advice from the two. That's what we're calling it right now. And the two is me and my partner. Um, the question today... Uh, comes from an anonymous person and they want to know why this is a middle-aged anonymous person want to know why black men in particular um are no longer chasing after women or pursuing women and may particularly black women um and they rather be pursued it's not a racial thing like they just said like black men are not approaching us at the rate that they used to. Um, and, and this anonymous person says she has these conversations with her friends. It seems like they want us to chase them. 
So yes. And I will state at the outset that a woman does like to be courted, if you will, not harassed, not. You talking about your generation, all right? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna speak on behalf of Black women. All Black although, women. Although I know I'm only one Black woman, I would say in general. Women do like to be courted and pursued. We just don't want men to cross the line and harass, okay, harass us. We don't want to be sexually harassed, but we do want to be pursued. What, 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 what is harassed? Harassed is if you approach a woman and you, for example, ask to take her out and she says, no, thank you. I'm not interested. Very clearly, you know, she just, you're not her cup of tea. She's not attracted to you, what, whatever the case may be. That should be the, that should be the end of it. Wow. Right. So that means. Why, 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 why that? Because you, you, you never heard of, I don't you like never, you. You, you. I don't never like heard, you. Hold on, hold on. When we were growing up, persistence was acceptable. I know, but see. That's sort of a cat and mouse sort of game that people play sometimes. And there's a way that you play that. If you're a woman and you're and you're into maybe having that sort of cat and mouse game, then instead of clearly stating, no, thank you, I'm not interested, you might say something like, you know, you might be a little coy and giggle and be like, what? I don't know. I'm um maybe some other time like right now I'm just really busy. You might do play that type of game. But if right. you I'm, I'm, I'm flattered but not at this time. Right. I don't feel like something it, like that. Like. Now that means try again later. But Does you that mean be, that? Possibly cuz if she didn't want to be bothered, she would say, "No, thank you. I'm not interested." And that's it. Like, "No, I'm not giving you my number. No, I'm not interested." Boom, that's it. And then so you she leave her alone. This she is would what, have to be firm on that. Right. And right. this is what I would advise my son. If 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 he told me mommy to uh, ask the girl out and that's what she said, I'd be like, leave her alone. If she if she changes her mind, she will come and let you know that. Okay, so let, let me say this to you. I got to interject right there. That usually happens when you meet a stranger. And I, I'm I'm I don't have statistical data on that, but when you get a firm no, sometimes that means you you really haven't talked to that person before. Like he just saw you and was like, "Oh, what's up?" Like, and he took a try. So you said no, you keep it moving. Chances are you're not gonna see that lady again. But this is because we take, and you probably do too. We take training sessions with Title Nine and what goes on in the workplace. I tell men don't even nowadays don't even approach a woman in the workplace. But when you work with somebody, you get to know the individual. You've been out with him a lot. You laugh at his jokes. He laughs at your jokes, blah, blah, blah. And then he takes that shot. Do you are you that firm with that individual that, you know? Because it's it easy depends. when you, if, if it's it strange. That's what I'm saying. It depends. Like, even still, if it's somebody that I know, 
I'm not interested in, I would be firm. But if it's somebody that I think it might be a possibility, I might be a little more coy and just, you know, play a little hard to get or be like, you know, just you can send cues that you want him to try again. And then you can be very clear if you know this is just not so. Say, for example, if it is a, 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 a racial issue, and for example, if you're a black, a black woman and a white man approaches you, you may have already made in your mind, like, I'm not interested in dating a white guy. Like, not that you're racist or you have anything against white people. You might have already decided that's not something that I want to do. And you just be like, no, thank you. You know, and okay, he so be able it, to he should be able to read that cue. Yeah, it's, it's, she doesn't want to be approached. It's funny because it's different. Like you go up to a woman that works in your workplace. You say, hey, you want to grab a coffee for lunch? That's what you do. She says, yes. She ain't thinking nothing. You go, you grab a coffee. Next thing you know, like every week, y'all grabbing a coffee together. That person probably not going to ask that question about dating until they get more familiar. Or okay. you or hold on, hold on, or you start to confide in him, right? Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. It happens like it's easy when I'm saying it's easy for a woman to me to be firm when that when individual she just met the person is a stranger to them. When you have sort of a relationship, you may still be firm, like nah, brother, you know, it ain't going down like that. Like, I only see you as a friend, or I already have somebody. You you might have to lie to an right. individual because sometimes people don't want to hurt people's feelings, right? They think they're a nice individual and a nice gentleman, just not the nice gentleman for them. Well, okay, so. Yeah, you 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 raise a good point. That makes sense. But to circle back and just really address the issue that that this anonymous person raised, my theory is that the reason why she may not be getting pursued by black men, or she the, the reason why she may think that black men aren't pursuing women the way she would like, is because I my theory is that because of the climate that we're in with recently what happened to R. Kelly, he got convicted of, you know, I mean, what he did was just, that was just heinous, oh, but just in general, I think men are concerned about being misperceived as being, you know, harassing a, a woman. sexual harasser. Right. Yeah, they don't want to be terms. accused. Men don't want to be accused of sexual harassment and it's right. so easy to say the wrong thing to someone and get in trouble remember the thing we talked about michael irvin like he was talking to a woman next thing you know he done lost his job and then been uh, you know accused of all these things and he's like well we just had a 30 second conversation like what did i say so i think because of all because of we live in a litigious society men and this is you know it's not unreasonable for them to feel like this. Like men just want to be extra cautious and they feel like approaching women could get them in a situation that they don't want to be in. Like you could be to some type of criminal charges. Okay. And, and they're my, just being extra careful. My theory is social media mm -hmm. plays a big role. When you're on social media and you have like, 15 to 20 women that are interested in you why take that chance to go down that road and possibly get rejected one or two 
come up with some sexual harassment issue when this individual is already telling you that I'm interested in you, at least on the surface. I want to get to know you. Can we meet up? Blah, blah, blah. You look at that, look it over, start communication with somebody who initiated it. Then they might feel like, okay, it's safer. You initiated contact with me. That makes sense. And you just right. sit so back it, and it adds it. to your your theory. Is it's like it 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 eradicates all that other stuff. That's true. You yeah. just sit back and let the DMs roll in. <laughs> and also, I would say, women. I tell this to because I have you know some women friends, colleagues. I should say, you got to get out. You know, you can't think that. God going to send you a FedEx man, an Amazon man, or a UPS man, or a DHL man at the door. You can't think that the mailman going to come to the door, right? You go to church, you know, you, you, you're relying on your members, but you, 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 you're not a part of any organizations at all. You know, you're not doing anything with your sorority anymore. You're not doing service events. You're not going to different events that, eligible men that may be looking for a spouse is that you can't just sit back and sometimes i say bars are not the best place and i only say that because alcohol is involved alcohol blurs your vision alcohol (laughs) messes with your mind you know no but this person is saying even if you are out in a social situation they're just not being approached yeah, I would say also some black women look unapproachable. Some women look unapproachable, not just black women. Okay, what? how would you describe a woman who's unapproachable? Not smiling. Okay, now I hear this a lot. That, But if a woman was just sitting there smiling, you would think something was wrong with her. No, I'm saying you make no, Let me rephrase. You look real oh, crazy. Hold on. When I look at you and we make eye contact, there you, go. you choose not to smile okay, or that's turn different. your head away. And it's like, okay, she that's don't, and you know, that could be a guard. Right. Right. So or she I'm, could be shy. Right. 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 So I'm, I, I may still approach. This is back in the day. Like I'm slow footed now. I don't, you know, <laughs> I already had somebody like, you know, no, I, this is just no. me giving advice. Uh-huh. Now. You know, giving advice like, yeah, sometimes I I grew up in New York. And so women have a tougher epidermis not putting down any other city in all major cities. I'm sure New Orleans the same way. New York is just northeast rent is high. Things are hard. You know what I'm saying? Inflation, you know, lack of high salaries, so on and so forth. So to me, when you mean woman in New York that's of age when I say of age that is a working professional right they probably looking at you like I ain't got time for the bullshit (laughs) that's the look you read on the face and when you approach them you need to come correct absolutely right you know yep that sounds good coming up there like probably like hey girl how you doing doing? my name is Charlie (laughs) Last name Wilson. Yeah, she gonna be like, "Where you work? You employed full time? You got benefits." <laughs> I know. So when you approach a woman like that, 
you want to be very direct and you want to be clear. Like, would you like to have dinner with me tonight at eight? I will pick you up. And how do you do that on a train now? And then you show up on time and you pay. I know that's controversial. To me, I, I agree with what 50 Cent says. 50, they asked 50 Cent on, uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, he come on late night, uh, CBS. He took um, Letterman's place. Seth Meyers. Um, no, the other show. Uh, uh, he used to be on the Daily oh, Show. Conan O'Brien. No, no, he was in the wrong station. Um, so he asked 50, he said, who should pay for the, the date? Mm-hmm. And 50 said, I think whoever asked the person to go out, that's the one that should pay. That's fair. So, yeah, that's fair. You asked me out. Okay. Um, I'm, but I'm always, you know, in my mind, I'm, I'm, I'm always going to have, you know, backup money just in case. Right. Well, <laughs> women are. But you was treating, we're going to have to blow the joint, you know. But Get women are, are, are always advised to have advised to have mad money. In case, in case you got to find your way home. I know a lot of women are just like, uh, your shoes tied. <laughs> we going to make a run for the store. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah I, I, I would say what you said, like given the climate of sexual harassment and given online social media, uh, women, you know, you get on this. Because some sites, men cannot, there's one side I know out there, and there's probably more than that, that men can't ask the lady anything. A woman can only choose the man. You get what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So on that, they set it up like if the woman's interested, the only way you could talk back to a woman is she approaches you first. You can't talk to the woman first. You said what you said that's in some places? That's on that's uh oh, one my. of the apps. A good friend of mine who's you know, lives in the DMV area, your area. Um, Uses that app? Yes. I like, like they only could talk. And like, if they're not interested, like no guy would hit her up that she wasn't interested in. I like that because. Yeah, I like it for a guy too. Yeah, because then, you don't have to you know, worry that you About mean. annoying or anything, you know. Right, right. So it's, 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 it's several reasons, you know, and also dare I say this and a lot of people are not going to like it. Like you might not be the demographic of choice anymore. Ooh. Okay. Cause it can get harder as you get older, especially like if you're not in associations, cause people older, they, they develop medical issues. Um, that makes them, you know, even uninterested in a sexual relationship. Yeah. Um, they, they also, uh, be, because of how they are, how they walk, it could be health needs also, you know, they already have someone or they was in a 32 year, or 27 year marriage. They don't want that again. And I, I know this person was saying like, it doesn't have to be marriage. It could just be, um, a companionship relationship. True. So yeah, it's 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 it's, it's a it's lot good. there. Yeah. But I, I hope we um answer that question. question. Yeah. So it's not you. It's the sign of the times. Let us move on.
Today, for our Black History Fact, we want to talk about a young lady who is making Black history. Her name is Flaugier Johnson, and you may know her as the LSU standout who just recently won a natty, as uh, Dr. A's daughter. (laughs) National championship. Right. Dr. A's daughter taught us that that term, a natty, is a national championship. So hip-hop artist and basketball player Flaugier Johnson became the youngest individual in Georgia to have an intersection named after her. This is in Savannah, Georgia. So Savannah, Georgia proudly commemorated one of its rising stars. Johnson is now the youngest individual in the state to have this honor. Besides her success as a basketball player and hip hop musician, she is notable for her contributions to community service. This tribute was approved unanimously by both the state house and Senate. The intersection named after Johnson holds a special meaning for her. She fondly remembers the time she traversed this route with her grandmother. The public ceremony left her visibly moved, and she was proud of her connection with this significant Savannah crossroad. Johnson's recognition comes from her many talents. She's again a successful athlete and a well-regarded hip-hop artist, and she's known for her generous support of her local Boys and Girls Club. Her dedication to her community further highlights her as an inspiration for all young people. Flaugier Johnson, our little-known Black history fact. And let us move on. All right, our last plug of the day is always our po- our podcast, and this week is Gills arena this is by um gilbert arenas who was a, a who's a former um national basketball association player um i urge you to check it out it's very good it gets provocative he has brandon jennings on who also played in the nba i forgot his co-host name forgive me um kenya martin is on there and rashad McCants, and they have interesting takes on what's going on now in the NBA. So check it out if you can. Okay. And let us move on. Oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. Okay, grandmother checking a Walgreens <laughs> store manager. You have the 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 video the sound the audio. Clip? Yes, yeah, let me try to play the sound. 
After the lady walked away, she was like, I don't know the hell you think you are. Now, she just ran into the black grandmother. This is a force in the earth that you do not want to contend with. And that's what I loved about this video. Black grandmothers don't play about their grandkids. Let me say this. I think what she did was horrible, but... On the other side of it, ain't no other side. Yes, it is. No, it yes, is. It. Name yes, it. No, no. Racial profiling. Let me finish. Wrong. You always no, okay. how you slice it. You ain't give me a chance. Okay, go ahead. I said what she did was horrible. She should get reprimanded. If she got fired, I wouldn't, you know, be upset. But one thing she did do was give the lady respect. 
Yeah, that's true. Other kids and younger people would have thrashed that lady verbally. Yeah, I think that she was just blindsided. Like, she was thrown off. She was corrected, and she knew she did wrong. And she sounds, and let me say something. Hold on, hold on. She sounds like she was a minority woman. She sounds Hispanic, right? I don't know if she was Hispanic or white. I don't know. It sound. I'm. This is what I'm saying. It yeah. sounded that way. Okay. So maybe there was some. Yeah, what I did was wrong because they do this to brown kids too. That could be a possibility. Why she gave the reverence? Because I know some people would have been like, hey, "F you, old lady, get the out my f-. all of that." Would have gave her the business. Well, I disagree just because she basically admitted what she did and she didn't think it was wrong. That's why she did it. So I think she deferred to the woman because the woman came in with a certain amount of authority. She spoke with authority. She spoke with conviction. And she was very, I mean, I, I, I would, I would, I would go so far as to say that the woman was scared. She was scared. That's the wrath of a grandmother, a black grandmother. And you just, you just hurt her grandchildren to the point where they knew that all he had to do was go tell grandma. And he knew grandma was going to come in and stand up for him and speak for him and protect him because that's what we do. That's what black people do. That's what black grandmothers do. They protect their grandchildren. And she was just right. This was racial profiling. And I understand uh, with all these videos that we're seeing on social media with these smash and grab. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the, the videos that we're seeing, do have black people in them. Not to say that white people are doing the same things, right? But I've been seeing people, I've been seeing videos with black people. And I know that's what they do. We see it on the news, but we know that white people steal too. But they've they've been shut. All people steal. And so, but they've been showing these smash and grab robberies with people coming in, smashing, taking jewelry, taking designer items and that kind of thing. I mean, she says she's seen robberies too. I'm sure that people have been coming into the CVS, into the Walgreens and stealing. But that does not justify racial profiling. It just does not. You can't do it. You just got, there's going to be some people who are going to get away with stealing. That's just got to be the bottom line. You cannot single out people and accuse them. But these kids said, we just came in to get some snacks. Like they hadn't even done anything. And she said something about a situation. And just like the grandmother said, there was no situation. You created the situation by racially profiling these people. I mean, black people, we tired of getting followed in stores. You got to stop it. You can't do it. It's just going to be some people that's going to steal. That's just the bottom line. And I promise you, if somebody steals something out of the store and you're an employee, I promise you it's not going to come out of your check. So why are you going to chase these people and harass these people? What can you steal expensive from Walgreens? It don't matter. Like They just don't want you stealing. They've been locking up Two yeah, what stuff. I'm saying is not 
Right. You know that, right? They locking up toothpaste. Toothpaste yeah. is what? They making you, they, whoa, they, they making them now come back and ask for the stuff. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Now I understand but, that though. Yeah. You just going to, you're going to lose money. That, listen, retailers know it's the cost of doing business. Do you get certain amount of stuff going to get stolen? That's just the bottom line. But if you, you the, but the, the rate of the stealing that's going on now has caused like, you can't even go into Walgreens and CVS down here. It's a lot of locations. You have to go up and ask for something like in the old days with A&P and right. they go get it for you. Right. And you got to pay and then they give it to you. Well, yeah, I mean, I think we're all all of us are tired of it because it's causing the price of goods to go up. We're, we're all paying the price for it. Yeah. But that's just the price we're going to have to pay. I'd rather have to pay more than to have people racially profile. Yeah. That's just where I'm at with it. And let us move on. Give it up, give it up, give it up. All right, we're going to give it up to Shikari Richardson and Simone Biles. Shikari Richardson becoming the fastest woman in the world, getting the fastest time. Um, and she was celebrated. Also, she did, you know, rumor, <clears throat> not rumor, she um, passed by a lot of the white media um, and chose not to talk to them, said thank you, and just kept it moving and went up to the African-American male and um, answer his questions. Uh, Simone Biles became the uh, oldest woman, um, I think, to win the medal. And also, she became the most decorated uh, female gymnast of all time. So we want to give it up to both of them for their outstanding performances. So. Well, all right. Yeah. All right. So that is, concludes our show today. And always, when we wrap up, we start with our plugs. We had Red by Kiss, the do-rag. Uh, we had Michael Kors, an extensive show on Michael Kors brand. And we had Gills Arena for the podcast. Our words of wisdom for the week. Love makes your soul crawl out from its hiding place by Zora Neale Hurston. Uh, what's going on was the Jacksonville shooter. Uh, Bakari Sellers on VVEC for calling Black Lawmaker Grand Wizard of the KKK. Tim Scott's uh, bachelor story, I guess, and Giuliani in hot water over defamation. We did our scenario was the $50,000 proposal and our advice from the two was why aren't black men pursuing black women and they are they're taking it to the point where they rather be pursued. Our little known black history fact came from Floyd J. Johnson. She had a street uh, intersection named after her in Savannah, Georgia. Our all hell knows went to the Walgreens store manager as she got uh, verbally thrashed by uh, what we believe a African-American grandmother. And we just gave it up to Shikari Richardson for fastest time. 
Simone Biles being the most decorated gymnast of all time. With that being said, we always end our show with... Thank you, everybody, for taking time out of your busy schedule to hang out with us. And as always, in parting, we wish you love, peace, and soul. And soul, y'all. We'll see y'all next week. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>